When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's the show after the show. This is the After 9 Podcast with Scott and Kat. Just a quick one today, friends. Kat's got a remote broadcast. Yes, I do. I'm on location. It'll be fun. Only if people bring their cute animals. Yeah, if you're doing a pet store remote. A remote, by the way, in radio is where we get paid a little bit extra to go and broadcast live outside of our regular shift. And uh, they do it for the we do it for the clients. There yeah. we go. And uh, yeah, it's at a pet store, which is great. And I'm super excited about it. But it's always one of those things when people walk in and then they don't have a cute pet with them. You're just like, oh, oh. Nice to oh, meet you. Hi. Uh, Do you have a pet? Or Why are you here? Don't you have a dog or something? You bring Where your dog to the pet store. <laughs> I don't understand why. That's such a good outing for your animal if you take them to a pet store. They love it. They love it. It's good for them. They, there's so many smells there, so they just go crazy. And apparently that's really good for the brain and it tires them out. And people like to see them. It makes them happy. And Socialization. Sure, there's a little bit of yappiness now and again. You'll get a couple dogs that don't like each other. Or someone like brings in their cat and should not have brought in their cat. Oh, I brought my bird today. <laughs> Why? Okay. No, no <laughs> dogs, please. <laughs> Does your bird have a death wish? Because guess what? <laughs> it's not going to end well. A lot of DMs after yesterday's podcast. Uh, this from GTI Kyle. Listen to your podcast about license plates. I can personally tell you that you can't see the lettering of the new plates when your headlights shine on the back of a car. I saw it this morning on my way into work. Okay, thank you. Yesterday, I it was pretty simple. We were talking about the new plates, and all I said was, I want to see it for myself because I can't tell if this is just bad photography or if these images are played with or if they were intentionally blurred a little bit. But that's a common theme coming from a lot of people. This one from Brad. Listening to your podcast about license plates. There's two cars in my parking lot side by side that I drive up to every night. Mm-hmm. One has a new plate. One has an old plate. The new plate is definitely tougher to make out the numbers on with my car lights shining on it. They're basically invisible until I'm about five feet away. The older plate I can see clearly from much further away. It's probably not as bad as the cop on Facebook is saying it is, but it is definitely harder to see than the white plates. There you go. Uh, that's good information, too. Thank you very much. A um, few other DMs that came in. This one from Eric. Here's a picture that the freelance photographer, uh, a freelance photographer took of the new plates at night. I have no political agenda. I have no political agenda. I'll say it right, Scott. Like, talks clearly. Um, I'm just showing you the facts. Sorry, we've been broadcasting for four hours and now it's podcast time. Uh, I've seen a few others over the last few nights driving home from work. I have the same issue as shown here. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Uh, I appreciate all the messages that came in. Uh, Zen. Scott, I was laughing so hard driving home from work, listening to your podcast about sex toys. Mm. I had to pull over because I was crying. I'm so loving you and Kat on the beat. These podcasts are priceless. You guys broke my podcast cherry and I can't stop now. (laughs) You said you were surprised that there wasn't some sort of dildo selfie stick. Who knew? There is one. I found it Googling selfie sticks one day. up. Yep. Uh, even while having sex, my man wouldn't be deep up my cooch seeing all the inner workings or am I missing something? No, it's for when you're on your own. 
when you're on your own making a video. Yeah, so yeah. when he says, hey, send nudes or something like that, you just fucking jam the dildo in and boom, selfie stick, picture, picture, video, video, you're good. That's what it looks Stupid. like, Kat. They sent me a picture. Yeah, it, It's just got a hole in the tip of it that you can stick the selfie stick in. Oh, okay. Oh, that's t- okay. You yeah, have to hey, really work uh, to get the right angle, though, I yeah, think. Yeah, I would think. And, and what if it, f- it probably falls over a couple times? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Samantha was listening to us talking about the orgasm, how long it takes to get to an orgasm, which was a few podcasts ago. She says, uh, I think we missed the boat on this one. She says, Kat, if you decide to put a book out about the female orgasm, obviously you need to call it Coming Soon. Okay. That's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Coming soon. Of course. Yeah. I love it. It's great. I'm going to hire you on for PR. Yesterday, Samantha, mm-hmm. you're on. Uh, in case you're wondering, the update on this, and then I promise we won't talk about license plates tomorrow, although it seemed to be a popular subject, is the provincial government is now acknowledging a problem with its newly issued plates. One day after Consumer Affairs Minister Lisa Thompson defended the plates against criticism that they're hard to read in the dark, she has now reversed course and announced the manufacturer is looking into the issue. So from what I hear, based on the various news sources that our company has at Queen's Park, Doug Ford himself has personally phoned the maker of these plates twice, and neither was a very pleasant conversation. Really? That's what I heard. Okay. I also heard that the company who made these plates is the exact same company that made the last plates that were all peeling. How does that happen? How do you get a contract from the government after you fucked up a contract for the government? You'd think that if you screw something up that badly, you're sort of blacklisted. No, I don't know how many companies make them, but I'd have to think there's got to be another Canadian company that's reputable enough to make these. Frankly, I don't care if they're Canadian or not. If well, you, as long as they work, because it's just wasting taxpayer dollars. Thank you. Well, it's actually wasting our dollars. We pay for these at the end of the day. If you want new plates, what is it, 100 bucks to get a new set of oh, plates? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you got to put a sticker on it yeah. and all that sort of thing. Yeah. It's not like it's just coming right out of the treasury. There is some income to offset it. But nonetheless, I mean, fucking get it together. Mm-hmm. What is wrong with you people? Fool me once. Yeah, you know. You know the rest of it. Shame on Fuck. you. Um... Oh, my God. You know how much I hate deer, right? Yeah. You know, I hate them. Sharks I, of the forest, you call them. I've been in a car-deer collision far too many times in my young driving career. They say a man from Texas is lucky to be alive after a fence post barely missed his heart in a freak car crash on Tuesday. Whoa. Jake Tabor, father of two small girls, smashed into the fence around a trailer sales company early Tuesday after he had initially collided with a deer on a wet road. He impaled himself on a two-inch pole and still had the presence of mind to call for help. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. Here's the problem. You can't sue the deer. And I think you should be able to sue the deer. The The last time I hit one, I was uh, driving down a country road. Deer just jumped out in front of me like they always fucking do. And I only just sort of clipped the end of it. So I don't think I actually killed him. I just seemed to inconvenience him or slow him down because I could see him sort of tumble into the ditch and he got up and looked at me and then just took off into the forest. Let me guess, you were scared as shit, like heart racing. Yeah, well, after I hit him, he took out the whole left side of the front of my car, so I had no control over the steering and crashed head on into a tree. Now, fortunately, I wasn't going that fast to begin with and hitting the deer substantially slowed me down. Also, my driver's side tire was now turned sideways, and that helped slow me down. So I didn't go into the tree too, too hard. But nonetheless, who do I sue?
a girlfriend of mine got her collar was broken by a deer after she hit a deer. The See? deer went through the windshield, cut her all up, and broke her fucking collarbone. Wow. She hates deer maybe more than you. It's yeah. possible. Or it's up there. Maybe it's the same. You know, I'm right there with her. Uh, for those who don't know, this is something that came up on our FM morning show today on 91.5 The Beat. And Kat published the story on scottandcat.ca. It's for parents concerned with their children's TikTok obsession. You can now use the app's feature that lets you have more control over how many videos is too many and have some control over the content they see. Are we kind of putting the cart before the horse if we put out an app that doesn't have parental controls? When we know it's an app that's specifically taking off with kids? With young people. And here's the thing with TikTok, because maybe you're listening to this and you're not familiar with how TikTok works and you're thinking, well, come on, man. Like, it's the same as Twitter or Instagram. You just give them the screen time. The problem with TikTok is that it does get addictive and you do watch more videos than you think because it's an automatic situation. It's an automatic scroll. They'll just start playing. Sure, you can search for people and stuff. But if you just go to your TikTok account, which I know that you have one, you don't really use it. I don't use it. Same here. I just joined recently just because I needed to see what was going on. It's a lot of stupidity. It's just a lot of people dancing in their living room. and I don't care. Well, this is the thing. And then what happens is once one stops, it just starts playing what they think that you might like. It just starts playing it. Here's one here, and then it doesn't stop playing it. It'll keep playing and playing and playing and playing. And next thing you know, you're watching 15 videos in a row going, what am I doing? Yeah, and at some point while you're in these videos, you have to make a conscious effort to realize, A, what the fuck am I doing? And B, I got to turn this off. Yeah, and I have stuff to do. Like, I have things to do. And when you're a kid, you don't have those instincts, those natural, like, I have responsibilities and things I need to get to. I'm going to shut down this TikTok. You don't think that way. You don't care. You just want to, you're like, okay, I'm going to keep scrolling, keep watching. You don't even need to scroll. Like I said, they just automatically start scrolling for you and playing them. It's crazy. There's no shortage of people that love their partner very much, but cannot stand their siblings. A bride just got dumped by her brand new husband because she punched his sister at the wedding reception. The newlywed was seeking advice on how to win her partner back after admitting she'd lost control when her sister-in-law made the day a, quote, living hell. The bride claims she had strolled in drunk, threw up on the gift table, and even stole money given to them by other guests while attempting to clean up the mess she had made on the table. To top it all off, she proposed to her boyfriend at the wedding. While drunk, after just puking. Whoa. And was turned down on that proposal. I would think so. So after Bride's patience wore out, she lashed out and revealed that she'd punched her sister-in-law as a result of her drunken antics. (laughs) I love this. I wish I was here. The husband chose to break things off with the woman he had just vowed to spend the rest of his life with. After the post was shared on Twitter... Many people chipped in with their own opinions on the drama. What did they say? Some questioning why she would want her husband back at all. One wrote, he did you a favor. Call a divorce lawyer. Another replied, win him back. Do you really feel like you were in the wrong? Are you sure you want to marry into this family? Consider this divine intervention. Another tweet here. Win him back. Sis, I want you to reread the type of family you just married into And then ask us again what exactly you're trying to win here. Focus on getting that marriage annulled. Damn. Yeah. If you were Judge Cat, is that grounds for an annulment? Uh. Because it turns out 
his I'm sister is a bit of a bitch. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm I'm still unclear on what would be grounds for an annulment now instead of a divorce. Well, they'd only just gotten married, and she I, didn't know when they got married that his sister is a bit of a head case. And she also didn't know that he was the type of guy who, after his sister just displayed that completely obnoxious behavior, he would support his sister over his new bride. That's true. Tricky spot for him to be in, though. I mean, it baffles me when things like this come out at a wedding. Shouldn't you know a lot more about the person? You should. That aside, yeah, sure. I mean, if if she she even wants one, she should be able to get one. Anybody anybody should. This fucked up, though. She wants to stay. Other people in this thread saw it a different way. You should have never, ever put your ring on his sister. That's someone he loves and needs. You've made him pick between you and his family. You need to apologize and stay away from her. Another backed up that stance Whoa. saying, I mean, she was wrong as hell, but you can't punch your sister-in-law. Let me go back to the beginning here. Let me go back to the beginning. I'll save you having to hit the rewind button. The bride claims the sister strolled in drunk, threw up on the gift table, stole money. Again, I wish I was at this wedding. Stole money from the gift table while she was cleaning up her puke. And then to top it all off, decided that was the time to propose to her boyfriend. And her boyfriend said no. (laughs) Because she's so charming. How How could he say no? I'm not an advocate for violence in any way. But maybe she deserved to get punched in the face here. On the girl's wedding day. I mean, it's the girl's wedding day. I wanted, I'm curious how close they are. I mean, obviously not close enough for her to realize, hey, she might be psycho. She hey, might be psycho. might be a little bit psycho. A, where is she? Does she live close? Is this like the, one of the first times you ever met her? Like, it's just really weird because usually if you're with someone for long enough where you're going to get married to them, you kind of get to know the family or you at least have a couple red flags in there. The difference was alcohol. Alcohol was involved here. It brings out the truth sometimes. That's sometimes how you get to see what that person's really like. And if this is just the beginning, like, yeah, I mean, she should get out. She should get out. Just leave. Just leave him. Be done with it. Move on. Because you're going to deal with that all the time. That's his family. Mm -hmm. That's his family. They're going to be in the picture whether you like it or not. Get that annulment and run. Yeah. Um, Do girls have beer goggles? Can a girl, when she's drunk, look at a guy and think he's a lot hotter than he actually is? Um, I would think so. Or maybe they t- they tend to ignore the things that they otherwise find a turn off when they're sober. So in a way, sure, yeah, I think guy- girls can get have beer goggles, if that's way, how you want to put it. I think we've all heard that term. Yeah. You may even have um, had some yourself. Oh, boy. Had the goggles on. Didn't realize what was going on here. <laughs> oh, shit. You wake up the next morning. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Fuck. <laughs> A new study has found beer goggles actually do exist, but maybe not how you think. Drinking doesn't make you lower your standards. It just keeps you from being as judgmental as you are when you're sober. Researchers at Edge Hill University in England monitored people at a bar and found that sober people got distracted by attractive faces, but drunk people got distracted by... All faces. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't even matter. I want to fuck them all. <laughs> Wait, it has eyes and a mouth. I'm in. <laughs> so they say it's possible that when you're drunk, you'll give attention to someone you might not give attention to when you're sober because you're not even processing whether they actually look good or not. Interesting. Interesting, isn't it? 
I've had beer goggles. You've had beer goggles. Oh uh, yeah. You know what? When you're in a when you're in a bar setting and you're just pounding them back, feeling good, it doesn't really matter who talks to you. Sure, I'm a social butterfly. I'll go table to table at Kelsey's every now and again and be like, hey, how are you? What's happening? Great. Yeah, you really do get that way. I've been drunk with you many a time. <laughs> I'll find you over talking to like a bartender over here. But it's not just girls, though. It's you, guys, you'll chat, too. Yeah, you'll chat with guys. I will tell you what I do have. I don't know if it's, it's conversation goggles, I guess. I don't know. But I find myself conversing and really wanting to get to know people that otherwise I would never even ask them a question. Yeah, you've walked up to strangers and been like, so what do you do for a living? Oh, yeah, yeah how's that? Fun. Do you like it? Do you make a lot of money doing that? It's like real invasive I go Shit. very in depth. <laughs> Whereas otherwise, I wouldn't say anything. But I go all all in when I'm drunk. I don't care. Uh, the Corona cruise is about to come to an end. Are they getting? Are they? What, Can I call it the Corona cruise? Because that's really the way it seems. Like more I, people have it than don't. It seems like there's nobody that wasn't li- that wasn't listening just now that heard Corona cruise and didn't know what you were talking about. So yes, you can call it Corona cruise. Okay, I get that Princess Cruises gave everybody the cruise for free. Great. You had three weeks of good times before you got to Yokohama, Japan. And that's when shit got real. And they locked you in your room for two weeks. So when you say it's over, what does that mean? So the government has flown a plane over there. And the people who don't have it are going to meet Canadian health officials at their cabin door. The the officials are going to go on the boat. And by the way, the medical professionals that drew this assignment... Brutal. That sucks. Yeah. So they had to fly over to Japan. They're going to walk onto this cruise ship. Hello. It's Canada. <laughs> We've come oh. to collect our healthy people. I want to take your temperature. <laughs> Bend over. I don't know how they're going to do it, but that's one of the ways that you can monitor for they're symptoms. Like a hazmat suit, no doubt. <laughs> Scrolling up, strolling up the ramp. <laughs> I'm here to take your temperature. A. <laughs> So they're going to check them for general symptoms of coronavirus or illness. And if they pass, then they walk them back down the gangway, load them on a bus, take them right to the airport, bags in the bottom of the plane, let's go. And then they fly for like 14 hours to Trenton, Ontario, before they take a bus from Trenton to Cornwall, and they get locked in a hotel room here for two more weeks. Are they all in the same hotel room? Like the others that are quarantined, where are they quarantined right now? They're at a hotel in Cornwall. They're all they're all at hotel that's the same hotel. Uh-huh. What hotel drew that fucking short straw? I don't know, but I hope they burn it down like, when it's over. When they're done, please demolish the shit out of that hotel. I don't know what they're going to do with it, but I don't know. I mean, do you put that in your fucking Expedia reviews and stuff like that? You like- thought finding jizz on the, on the headboard was bad. <laughs> There's fucking coronavirus <laughs> possibilities are endless there. Like that's a bad ho- that's a nightmare hotel. Forget the ghost hotels. I checked in, slept in the bed one night. I caught coronavirus and gonorrhea. Shit. <laughs> it's a two for one. It's hotel two for one. Yeah. I don't want to make light of it, but think about that. Who's gonna want to stay at that hotel now? This is the one where all the coronavirus patients in, were quarantined. Not to mention, it's already in Cornwall. Well, <laughs> who the fuck's lining up? Sorry, who? Cornwall. I have relatives in Cornwall, so that gives me the right to make fun of Cornwall. Right? Mm, I don't know if it gives you the right. <laughs> That's like saying I can be racist because I have black friends. <laughs> I don't think it's the same I, thing. Damn it. <laughs> Shit. Cornwall's great. In any case, the rest of the Canadians who are still there... 
that have coronavirus, and there's a number of them, they have to stay there until the cruise line figures out what to do with them. So they're either going to uh, stay on the cruise ship until there's accommodations and rooms available at the hospital, or they're just going to get taken directly to the hospital, depending on the severity of their symptoms. I was watching an interview yesterday with this Canadian couple, and initially, even though they're sharing a room, he was told, yep, you tested positive for the COVID-19, but your wife's fine. So your wife can fly back. You got to stay for two more weeks in a hospital in quarantine. Then they figured out, oh, we were wrong. You both got it. That's the problem with the C. What is the new say? Uh, whatever coronavirus. Everybody still refers to it as that anyway. Um, that's the problem with the with this coronavirus too. Is that you will not show the symptoms. You could have it. You just aren't showing the symptoms yet for a bit. Right. So a lot of the people when they're testing them, like you said, even the Canadian, even the Canadian people that are healthy when they check their temperature and all that other shit, load onto the bus, get to the hotel. That's why they're in quarantine because all those symptoms could come to light very soon. Yes. It's very scary. It does seem like the officials have a good concept on how to handle it. It's just I'm thinking about the aftermath and the collateral damage here and all the What about the poor pilot who has to fly the corona plane back from mm-hmm. Japan? Is he the same one that had to do the corona flight back from China? Nobody's going in that cockpit. He's no. Like, no one's coming in or out. I'm going to piss in a bottle in here. I don't give a shit. Lock the door. I don't want a coffee. Fuck off. <laughs> 100%. Exactly, right? Um, two new features have been added to apps that we use regularly, I guess. Match.com has a new feature where basically you line up three emergency contacts. And then when you set up a date, it also puts the date info into the app and it tracks it. So with location services turned on, Using the Match app, when you get to your destination, let's say you're meeting at uh, a restaurant, Mm -hmm. it'll send you a text message asking if everything's okay. If you reply, yeah, everything's okay, no problem. If it's not okay, though, it'll automatically notify your three emergency contacts all at once, instantly in the background, and it'll tell them where you are. So they can come and get you out of this situation. That's something. I like it. I like when they do take an extra safety step because some people, I'm surprised, it surprises me, first of all, that there are people that'll go on dates and not tell anybody anyway. You should always let someone know where you're going if you're meeting, especially if you're meeting up with someone you don't know. Am I crazy or doesn't that go back to when we were kids? Like I was totally allowed to, to go out and hang out with friends and play at the park or whatever, mm-hmm. but I had to tell my mom where I was going and when I'd be back. And if I wasn't back... Okay, that's when mom goes looking. And if, if she has to come and find you, you're fucked. Oh, yeah. God help you if she has to come looking. If, if the time that you're supposed to be home is when the streetlights come on, you've got about five minutes from when the streetlights come on yeah. till the time you better be in the living room or shit's going to get real. Oh, yeah. That's the way it used to be. But along the same lines, Uber has added a new tool for riders who find themselves in an uncomfortable situation during a trip. They've launched the on-trip reporting. It just officially rolled out yesterday after quietly testing. They say people can discreetly alert the company about non-emergency safety incidents in real time. For example, you can document behavior like reckless driving or inappropriate questions as your trip is in progress and send details to Uber's safety team while it's happening. Hmm. Great. But then what? So let's say, for example, the driver is getting pretty close to stunt driving. Let's say he's rolling like 90 to 100 in a 60 zone. Or let's say he just blew by a school bus with its flashing lights on. Okay, shit, this is exactly why they have this feature. I better let Uber know. 
do they call the driver? Because it seems like they're still putting you in a bit of an awkward spot. How does this resolve the situation? I don't understand that part of it. Maybe they'll call you and try to discreetly chat with you and say, are you in danger right now? Do you feel that there's reckless behavior to the point where you feel endangered? And you can just say, yeah, yes or a no. Maybe they'll contact you. Which would make way more sense than trying to contact the driver, because what if they are going off the rails and just, like, driving, like, insane? wonder what kind of inappropriate questions people get asked in an Uber. I've always had fairly straight-up normal conversations, and it's very routine when I get in an Uber. First thing I do is reprogram their radio, (laughs) and I put the station that I'm on on their presets, or they're listening to it anyway, in which case, we just have a conversation about music. And I like to find out about the driver. Hey, where are you from? Why are you driving an Uber? That sort of shit. And I've heard everything from, I'm actually a surgeon where I'm from, but I can't get licensed to practice medicine here, so I'm driving an Uber until they figure it out, mm-hmm. right down to, um, this is the only way I could make money, or I actually have a great job, but I do this to make money on the side. I've heard all kinds of great stories. Um, yeah, well, I'll tell you, some that might be mainly directed to the, the female uh, passengers, Mainly, of course, there can be inappropriate questions asked to anybody. Um, but I'll give you an example of one that was probably deemed inappropriate, although I didn't report it and I don't really care. But myself and my sister-in-law, you know, Leanne, oh, yeah. we were in an Uber. We took an Uber to Ever After Music Festival one year in Kitchener. And we had a male driver and he was very nice. We were chatting with him. We were a little tipsy and we got to talking and he was like, can I meet up with you guys after? That would be considered inappropriate. Probably. Because he has your information. Don't forget your Uber account is linked to your name and um, your address if they picked you up from your address. Mm -hmm. So he knew all of this information. And I remember being a little bit taken aback by it. Like, well, we're going to go to Ever After. We're meeting up with some friends. And if he's like, well, if you need a ride, just like link me directly. And he gave me his number. And I thought, I don't think you can do that. I'm not sure what the Uber rules are, but it was there was an obvious like underlying let's hang out after this thing. And I remember thinking that was super inappropriate. You could probably lose your job. So in those instances, yeah. Hmm. I don't think they're allowed to give you their number to do it, but I know that some of them do. Some do on For the example, side. Yeah, yeah. I use Uber yeah. to get to the airport because I find it's pretty efficient and it's a lot cheaper than an airport limo and it's cheaper than paying for parking. So I've used Uber before, and I had some really great drivers that were like, when's your return flight? You coming back uh, this week, next week, whatever? And I'd say things like, yeah, I'll be back on Sunday. Never give them a specific time, because I don't want them to know my house is empty. But I'll be back on Sunday, whatever. You know, I, I try and cover all my bases in that sense. But if they're free on Sunday, and it's going to cost me 65 bucks door-to-door on the Uber app, but he says, just give me 40 bucks cash, and I'll pick you up. Okay, great. Just text me when you're landing, and I'll pick you up. Stuff like that's great. I think that's awesome. Yeah. You got to really trust the driver, though. This is different. Yeah, like, that's a different scenario. You do have to make sure there's a trust level there. This was a fun podcast. Thank you, everybody. I have to sneeze. And I don't know when it's coming. Let's wait for it. (laughs) Stare into the sun. Here, why don't you take my spot for a second? This fucking blinds. There it is. All right, we're good. Okay, Thank you, everybody. And, and a bless you, Scott Fox. Thank you. Uh, another edition of After 9 will likely be out tomorrow. Thank you for listening. Hit that subscribe button. And if you want to DM us about anything you heard in this podcast, I don't know, are you like raging mad? Did you get punched out by the sister-in-law? Your Legit, new- though. <laughs> I love those kind of stories. So if you have a wedding story, please DM us with that. We will not share names or anything else. But I love hearing those kind of drama stories. I love it. It's because most people have a fairly straight up normal wedding. 
when the the bride punches out the groom's sister, wow, that's a good story to tell. And people have them. They're everywhere. They are. So let us know. Have a good one, everybody. We'll catch you tomorrow.